Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Chris Ranji on the score. It is hit and run, final hour of the show. And uh, we still got some Bears talk coming up here as well. That'll be at the end of the hour with Mark Grody. We get ready for Bears-Rams tonight. And uh, we'll continue our discussion with Mike Farron from MLB Network Radio. We were rudely interrupted uh, during the last segment, and Mike is back with us on 670 The Score. I asked you a question, Mike, and I'm sure it was a great answer. I don't know what you said, but I think that you were spot on. I just assumed you were uh, insulted by the fact that I didn't care about home field advantage in the playoffs as much as you did. But, you know, uh-huh. here we are. <laughs> Actually, I, you know, that's the thing is that I, I can't find myself uh, caring all that much. Like, I'd like for him to be at home, but I also I, I think they'll be just as fine if they end up playing on the road. And you mentioned earlier that you do have some concern about them playing Houston. Now, what about records against, or their record against teams that are at 500 or better? It's under 500 this year. They haven't done well. A lot of Sox fans have expressed their uh, concern about that. Are you? No. I mean, I I don't get worried about home road record during the regular season, head-to-head against 500. I don't know. It it becomes a... Like if they lose in the first round and get swept by Houston, you can go, see, see, they were never good enough, you know, but it doesn't, it, I mean, it doesn't work out like that usually. So none of that stuff really bothers me. I mean, the bigger concern with Houston is that they're the best offensive team in baseball. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the big concern is that you have to face a team that actually lines up fairly well to, um, with, you know, the White Sox, at least in terms of how they have their strength matches against the Sox strength. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that that's that's the big issue with with facing Houston is that they're just a really darn good offensive team, and um, they're going to have their hands full facing them. But that said, you know, they have some inexperience in their rotation beyond you know the the couple of uh, top guys like McCullers. I mean, you know, Framber Fall does pitch really well in the postseason last year, and and I think he's certainly an underrated starter. But like. What are they going to get out of Luis Garcia, you know, in a playoff series? How are they going to use those guys? I think some of that is really interesting in a matchup with Houston, but make no mistake, like that's a team that is very, very difficult to face in the playoffs because their offense is the most complete. 
the White Sox have some experience in their rotation, and namely it's a guy called Dallas Keuchel who has not pitched particularly well um, over the last several weeks. Can you see him actually making a playoff roster? And he did admit that he's working to, uh, you know, secure a playoff roster spot. What do you think ends up happening with him? You know, I, I think the way I had viewed it maybe midseason was, hey, you've got a real weapon that you could, you, you know, dispatch in the bullpen with Cease because Keiko doesn't necessarily profile as well in the pen. Um, now I think that's flipped. I mean, even with Cease's outing last night, Keiko, unless he's able to get on a run here, um, it, it's very difficult to see him fitting in because it's not really, you know, he's not like a lefty matchup guy. You don't probably have as big a need for a long man necessarily, um, and I'm not sure that that's you know Keiko's best spot. Although you know I will say like the dude's really competitive, right? So like there's yeah. a good chance that he would be able to get it figured out and um, you know pitch in that role. I don't want to I don't want to discount that from Keiko, you know, because I think he would adapt. He wants to win, you know. But I, I just it's a lot tougher now to see it than it was at midseason. And so it's just a matter of, you know, whether or not he can earn his place back. Because I, I do like the idea of Cease in a bullpen in a playoff series. But that was before they added Kimbrell to the end of games. And now you've got, you know, Hendricks and Kimbrell potentially covering you know, as many as nine outs a night. Like that, that to me is, you know, you're talking about getting games a lot shorter. And so you might as well get the guys that are going to miss the most bats in the first part of the, the game. Mike Mike Farron from MLB Network Radio is joining us. And, Mike, when uh, the game shortens, that means the manager becomes a bigger part of the game because he'll make decisions sooner, and then, you know, it stands to reason he'll make them more frequently then toward the end of the game. Your assessment of what Tony La Russa has done with the team this year? Yeah, I mean, I think he's, you know, listen, I think he's forgotten more about baseball than any of us will ever know. So, um, you know, he's he's been, he's kept the ship uh, on course. You know, I mean, he has a really talented roster. And there are a few guys who have been better at when their back has been against the wall in making, you know, the most important game decisions who've ever been better than Tony has. So, you, know, you look back at, at, at you look at the way the game has trended now, and the fact that that you know we're seeing relievers cover so many innings. And he won a pennant that way in 2011, where his I think his relievers collected more outs than his starters did in the LCS against Milwaukee. So I think that feel hasn't gone away, and I think that there are ways that he can you know set that up. But like in the end, there's going to be one or two decisions that it's probably going to come down to you know for him in a series, and they are talented enough that that. Um, you know, he may not need to make those, but I, I mean, I don't have any, I don't have any concerns or issues with Tony LaRusso in a playoff series. In fact, I think that's probably when he's at his best and most focused. And I think that's been the case historically. Do you think this team, and uh, I, I don't know if we really touched on this uh, during the, the last segment we were talking, but um, you know, all, all the discussion about home field and um, you know, health mm-hmm. and all of that, how important is it? Do you really think? for a team to be playing really well leading into the playoffs? Does it really matter that much? Uh, well, Tony's last two World Series champions back then. So. Yeah, that's true. In that final two weeks in 06, they lost seven in a row at one point. Yeah, yeah. And, and they had, uh, I mean, I guess they, they didn't really back in in 11. That's not fair. They actually played fairly well down the stretch. 
Um, Atlanta collapsed, but you know Chris Carpenter kind of put them on their back down the stretch. So they they were teams that that made the playoffs with lower win totals. But 06 was the I mean that's the prime example. I mean the second to last day of the season there was a chance that they were going to lose their division lead to Houston. So um, I, I I'm not as concerned about it. Obviously you want I mean just like all these things. You, you if you had to pick, yeah, you'd want home field advantage. If you had to pick, would you like to be playing well? Yeah. I mean I I, I don't want to. I want to see the team not, you know, committing mental mistakes or, or errors or, um, you know, having big mis- blow-ups, at least in terms of, of, of poor decisions, you know, on the field. I don't think it necessarily has to be they're, they're playing well in terms of wins and losses in that last week. They, they need to be playing tight baseball, the kind of baseball that – and not, not tight by, like, you know, pressing. I mean – they need to be running the base as well. They need to be playing good defense. They need to, um, you know, be clean. in position to win games. I think, yeah, clean. I think that's the best way to put it. So that to me is probably what my preference would be down the stretch. Yeah. But again, none of it, everything starts fresh once you get to the postseason. And I think these are a lot of the side things that we put a lot of stock on looking for. I told you so's at the end that really don't, end up mattering that much when you get to it. Now, like, listen, they're not going to feel real good if they lose 9 of 10 going in and it's really sloppy, but yeah, even the 05 White Sox team, remember that team was, that team was what, the second to last weekend of the season was the lead was down to a game and a half, right, over Cleveland, and yep. if Brady Sizemore doesn't misplay a fly ball in Kansas City, who knows what happens? You know, they won the last four of the regular season to get going, and then lost once in the postseason. So, I don't think that you can put too much stock in any of those things. It doesn't really matter. It's mono-e-mono competition. And you hit on a word in there that, that I think is the biggest factor, and that's health. You want to be healthy when you get to, you know, what is it, October 7th or October 8th, whatever the day is that, that the postseason starts. You want to be as healthy as you can possibly be. That, to me, is the biggest key for them. Mike Farron, MLB Network Radio, joining us here on 670 The Score. And one of the reasons the Sox have a massive lead is Cleveland, the the team that would have ended up being uh, you know, their biggest competition, has not been all that good. And last night they get, a, they get no hit, a combined no hit by the Milwaukee Brewers, Corbin Burns and uh, Josh Hader uh, combining for that no-hitter. And so the magic number for the White Sox is now at 11. Do you have any particular feelings on if if a combined no-hitter should count for anything? Um, not really. I mean, my preference is to to see one guy do it. I mean, that's I think that's everybody's. You know, we, we were talking about this a little bit. I was doing the, the Diamondbacks Mariners game last night and we were talking a little bit about it on the air in that, like, I get the situation that Craig Council was in last night, right? You're at 115 pitches. This is one of the leading candidates in the Cy Young Award. And your goal for the season, which is, you know, largely within reach, is getting to and winning the World Series, not, you know, not getting a no-hitter on September uh, 11, three weeks before the playoffs start. And so you're in a really tough spot because I would like to see those personal glories happen. And I do think that that managers have been more accepting of that over the last year, maybe year and a half um, where, where that's been the case. But at the same time, like you don't want to run the risk of really wearing down burns and putting him in a position where, you know, he's fatigued and ends up, you know, either getting hurt or being ineffective down the stretch. So 
it's a tough spot to be in. I think, you know, it's it's something that certainly has changed a lot over the last, you know, even 20 years, let alone, you know, 30 or 40. But, you know, again, like if, if Corbin Burns has been just unbelievable. I mean, he is yeah. maybe the most dominant force among starters in, in the National League. And that's crazy to say because, like, there are some really good pitchers in the NL right now, and there are three dominant starters on that pitching staff. Milwaukee is really good. That's a team that I think has, is – I, you know, I, I, the Dodgers may not win the division um, if they end up getting to a league championship series and play Milwaukee for what will be, what, the third time in four years in the postseason. That, I think, would be an unbelievable series because this is a really good Brewers team, and I legitimately think they have a chance of winning the World Series. At uh, Bet Rivers, right now Garrett Cole is the favorite to win the Cy Young in the American League and Robbie Ray has jumped up to second in front of Lance Lynn and then it's Carlos Rodon who do you think ultimately wins that um I think it's probably Cole I mean I think the the couple of times that Lynn has been out has probably impacted him a little more than maybe Cole missing what was at a start I think he ended up missing because he was on the COVID IL um, I think it's Cole. I think just the strikeout totals, the, the total dominance, I think those are the things that, that work in his favor. But Lance is a really good case. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I'll be interested to see. I mean, I saw a lot of Robbie Ray over the last, um, you know, five years before this season. And the fact that he's put it together is really, really cool. I mean, he's been very good. He, he was not on Friday night against Baltimore, but he has been very, very good for Toronto overall. Um, I just, I think, you know, some of that comes from, you know, the, the wins above replacement totals that have really pumped up Ray, uh, especially in baseball references version. Um, I would say just on, on the field test, to me, it's like Cole and Lynn are your top two candidates, really, and, and Ray is probably third. And if Lance finishes strong, I mean, I think he's got a good case for it. I mean, I think to some degree it's going to matter what happens in these final, you know, handful of starts for each of these guys, but – um, yeah, I, I think Cole's got a little bit of an advantage, and if the voters were, were turning things in today, I think he would win. Mike, last thing before we say goodbye, who are your playoff and or World Series favorites? Oh, man. Come you didn't want on. me to do this. Come on, what? You got, no. I, I, you, you got to tell me. Are, uh, my, my playoff predictions are Justin Fields will be playing in the third quarter today. Oh, but. don't you dare start that. Don't you dare start that because we uh, I, like I've been trying to avoid it all day and now I'm going to have to talk about it because you said that. Yeah, well, that's I mean, listen, you made me hold for 20 minutes because you couldn't figure out how to plug in your, your equipment. So it's only fair. <laughs> yeah, it's my fault. You're right. Yeah, you're totally right. I don't know. So I about those, so, so about those predictions, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, don't, yeah. I can't I can't even. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the teams that have the best chances are probably the division leaders in the American League. I think Milwaukee has a very good chance, um, and I would say probably the Dodgers and, and Giants. You know, like if you were to choose from those six as being your World Series favorites, I think Atlanta. There's maybe just a little too much inconsistency there, although they've done a miraculous job of replacing Acuna and filling in for Soroka all year. Um, you know, I don't think that the second wildcard team in the National League is really going to have a chance. I think the, the American League wildcard race is unbelievable. It's really fun. But I don't necessarily see one of those teams knocking off Tampa Bay in the, the opening round. So um, that's kind of the way I would view it is that those are the six teams that, are, that have separated themselves from the pack some. And, you know, if it plays out where the Dodgers, you know, let's say the Dodgers end up in the wildcard game, they don't win the division. 
and they win that, then you've got a Dodgers Giants opening series. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that yeah how about that? Epic too. You know, like that would be pretty ridiculous. So. Yeah. Uh, so what I heard you say was Sox beat the Giants in the World Series this year. That's what I heard. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fine with that. I, listen, I'm 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 uh, I am hopeful that the White Sox make a good run. I mean, it's a really good team. It's a really fun team. Um, and I'd like to see them do it. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to cover them in '05, and that was an unbelievable experience. Watching them, you know, win the World Series in Houston was really, really cool. So they, they are already battle tested in Houston. So if they face them in the division series, they should know what's coming, right? So like that's, that's I mean, things that are, are that happened 16 years ago are, are transferable, right? So no problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Mike Farron, appreciate your time. Thanks for hanging on, and, and through the technical issues, we uh, we thank you for your patience at this time. Well, it is my pleasure. It is good to be on with you. And tell Grady I said bears. I, I, I will. That's the first thing I'm going to say when he gets on. Thanks, Mike. That is Mike Farron, MLB Network Radio. Also, he is the host uh, pre- and post-game for the Arizona Diamondbacks, a team that's, uh, well, they've... They've had some difficulty this year. Um, they are 46 and 96 on the season, same record as the Baltimore Orioles. But uh, Mike is great. Mike worked in Chicago for a long time, and now he's he's a national guy. He's a big time national guy. When we come back, I want you to hear a little bit from Ethan Katz, the pitching coach of your Chicago White Sox, who was on inside the clubhouse yesterday. Had some. Uh, thoughts on today's starter Lance Lynn also talked a little bit about um, and I, I think it's important that we get to this as well Dallas Keuchel and what he's expecting from him and maybe we can get some insight as to whether or not he ends up making the playoff roster and we are not done with the Bears at all we've still got some Bears discussion coming up as well Mark Grody will be joining us he is the sideline reporter for the Bears uh, for WBBM and also a part of uh, 670 the score we will talk to him and get his thoughts leading up to tonight's Bears-Rams game in Los Angeles. I'm Chris Ranji. This is Hit and Run on the score. Okay. I was waiting for him. As soon as he threw it, you pretty much know that Goldbeck, who is a guy that will strike out. Yes, sir. Strike three. A fastball, and he's way behind it. Michael Kopech has been awesome tonight. Rugged look, sleek stuff. One and two, and he has whisked away his former team with strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. Well, it's very impressed. I felt yesterday he made one mistake that started the inning, and he corrected that today. You know, with, with his off-speed pitch, so he was super. I mean, that's that's the Michael that we're excited about. Two and a third innings from Michael Kopech last night. Five strikeouts to go along with a walk in that outing. It was scoreless for him, and he could end up being extremely valuable in the playoffs. Like one of those multiple inning guys, if they so decide to use him that way. And I'm I'm guessing they will when it comes time, but Kopech is one of the exciting young players for the White Sox. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about Tim Anderson and Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, but uh, Kopech 
even if it is just out of the bullpen, is electric, and he is a huge help to that bullpen, which is is going to prove huge in the postseason. Good to have you with me on Hit and Run. I'm Chris Ranji on the score. It's been a sort of a, a hit and run with a Bears twist because Bears do win. Uh, do do win? Oh, we'll find out if they do. Uh, they're going to play the L.A. Rams tonight. 7:20 kickoff. We've got a pregame show with Mully, Olin Krutz, Pat Manley, brought to you by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. So that's going to lead us. Uh, we'll be right after Cubs baseball this afternoon, and then the, the the pregame show. Then the game will happen after the game. The Bears postgame show on the score with Mully and Manley. That'll be coming up. Brought to you by MailMedChicago.com, where a full head of hair scores every time. Michael Kopech has a full head of hair, and I imagine he's going to be one of those guys who hangs on to that full head of hair for the, his his entire life. Ethan Katz is the pitching coach for the White Sox. He was on Inside the Clubhouse yesterday, and as and as we marvel at at what Kopech did last night. Before that even happened, Ethan Katz was marveling at his reliever. He's strong. I mean, he's going. He's going strong. I think that little, you know, hamstring thing that happened um, early in the year, you know, that shut him down for a month and a half. I think it was um, probably uh, was a blessing in disguise because you know, with his workloads in the past, it's probably is going to help him be strong at the end. Um, his stuff has been great. And you know, you know, he's going to continue to get the ball in big moments. Um, that's that's kind of where he's at right now, and we have all the confidence and belief, and the stuff's right there to match it. Yeah, I I do think he's going to be really good. Um, he's already good right now, but what he's capable of doing, it it might matter in a very big way when the playoffs start. So I'm I'm really excited to see how that goes. Like I, I think we, as I said earlier, we we typically get excited about the most obvious stuff, right? I mean, you're excited about how Rodon pitches and how Giolito pitches, and you know some of these younger players, how they're going to pitch, and and how Anderson's going to play, and and what is Luis Robert going to do in a postseason? Like, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking about those things because they're at the forefront. We don't think much about relievers right but I think this time around when you get to the playoffs he could end up playing a very huge role in big moments for the team if they decide to go to the bullpen early which it happens in the playoffs it happens a lot in the playoffs he could be one of those who eats two maybe three innings in a postseason game so I, I am looking forward to see how he gets used before we get to the true back end of the bullpen with Craig Kimbrell and uh, Liam Hendricks. And I I know that there are people who kind of have an eyebrow raised when they think about Kimbrell and you saw what happened in last night's game and him giving up the lead. I'm still just not that worried about him. I'm just not. I'm, I'm not worried when it comes playoff time. I'm not worried about what he's able to do in a postseason. He's been too good, and he's been good this year. And he hasn't been great with the White Sox, not nearly as good as he was 
when he was on the other side of town uh, before the trade happened at the deadline. But man, he's good. I, I just don't have a ton of concern about him, and I certainly don't have much concern about Hendricks. I think that's as good of a, a 1-2 in the 8th and ninth inning as any team in baseball is going to have this postseason. So hopefully it performs the way I expect it to. And if it does, I think we're all going to be really happy. Now, uh, Ethan Katz, as I mentioned, we just heard from him a moment ago, uh, talking about his pitcher in Kopech. He also talked about Carlos Rodon, who's had a lot of time off. And he had that IL stint, which I think we all kind of assumed it was really more of a rest situation than an injury situation, which makes all the sense in the world for a pitcher who had not thrown more than 100 innings in five years. And and now we're well past that threshold. You got to take care of that dude. And Rodon did pitch on Friday, and Katz had some thoughts about that. If you would have told me he's going to go five innings and one run, so I would have said sign me up. Um, stuff looked good. He looked sharp. Um, he felt good. Felt like he could have kept going, which is a great sign, and it's a it's a big boost for us when he's on the mound. Okay, now five innings is great. We love to see that from him. But when we get to the games that really matter in the playoffs, could he go deeper in those games? I think the playoffs are a little bit different circumstance. Um, obviously, when the guys in the playoffs, we're going to do whatever we can to win that day. And if six or seven innings, then, then great. Um, you know, pitch count's not going to be as important as we are paying attention now within reason. Uh, but for the most part, you know, that's great he wanted to go deeper, but we also have to um, make sure we're being smart and calculated what's his workload because when he's pitching every, you know, nine days, ten days, we want to make sure that we're not spiking him too much. And, you know, what we're going to do here moving forward, I think step number one is kind of see how he feels today after his outing and then kind of reassess and go from there and then plug him in when he feels good and kind of just read as we go along day by day. See, the way the White Sox talk about him, I I think pretty much solidifies what we thought they were doing when they put him on the injured list, that it really wasn't about an injury. It was about giving him extra rest, and it's a thing baseball doesn't want teams to do. And if if they don't care if teams do it, they at least don't want you to know that's what they're doing. They, they want their players to be out there. But I, I think it is absolutely the right thing the Sox did by manipulating that in the way they could. Do it. You, the, the most important thing is to have your guys healthy. So if that means you kind of have to bend the rules a little bit, put a guy on an IL when he really isn't injured, then you go ahead and do that. I, I, I don't care if every team does that. That's what happens when you've built a lead like the White Sox have built in this division, you have the luxury to do those things. So I'm glad they did it, and I hope it pays off big for them. Another guy who's been spending some time, uh, well, not not available for the White Sox is Lance Lynn, also with an injury. He's going to pitch this afternoon against the Boston Red Sox, and Katz had some thoughts on Lynn as well. I expect, you know, a normal start. We'll keep, we'll keep his pitch count. Um a little bit shorter, but for the most part, it's going to be a normal start. He's, you know, I think he understands, um, you know, when we talked about 
possibly like, you know, let's take care of this knee um, and make sure that you are good to go the rest of the way. He understood. He's, he's a very smart guy. He's, he's uber competitive. So you love that about him, but sometimes you have to be his sense of reasoning and, and uh, get him to understand there's a bigger picture and that uh, we got to be able to take care of him so he can be able to have a strong finish to the year. Now, if there's a legitimate area concern for me, um, it, it is something like this. While Rodon's situation is different, there there's an innings limit's not the right word, but a threshold of innings that he reached that you got to be careful with him going into the playoffs because he's thrown so much this year compared to what he's done over the last several years. Lynn, so I didn't have a ton of concern with him, but Lynn is different. Lynn, if that knee ends up being a real problem, we know he's going to pitch through it. We know he's going to bulldog this thing and he's going to go out there and do everything he can. My concern is that while he's pitching through it, maybe he's less effective. That's it. it. It's not a great concern, but it's one of those things that I'm going to be looking out for. Because if he's not as effective or anything close to being as effective as what he has been this season up until now, like we just talked about with Mike Farron, the dude is right now the third favorite to win the Cy Young in the American League. And he was leading for several weeks. So that's the kind of year he's had. He, he's, he's, a, he's a legitimate Cy Young candidate. I don't know if he's got to be that in the playoffs, but he still has to be effective. And if that knee in some way prevents him from being as effective, then I've got some concern. But otherwise, there aren't a whole lot of things that are worrying me to the point where I think everything's going to fall apart when the playoffs start. I mean, there's a minor thing here and there. I want them defensively to clean things up. But I am more concerned with health and in particular the health of somebody like Lance Lynn. Uh, quickly, let's hear from Katz again on Dallas Keuchel, who this is going to be a topic for the next couple of weeks going into the playoffs, whether or not he ends up making the roster. And, uh, well, he's been underwhelming, and Katz addressed that. Dallas is working extremely hard in between outings. Um, he's not happy with how he's been pitching. Um, but, you know, his last outing was a huge step in the right direction, no matter what the line score said. Um, but, you know, it's just something that we're just going to keep plugging away day by day and, and trying to get him um, back to where he was. And he's feeling good with what the work he's putting in. Now we just need the results to match that. And, you know, we'll see where things land. But, you know, it, he's got another outing on Wednesday and, um, look forward to seeing him throw because, you know, like I said, the last outing in Oakland was a, was a big step in the right direction. That's Sox pitching coach Ethan Katz on inside the clubhouse yesterday with Bruce and uh, David. Well, I, I was going to take a phone call here. Do we do we have a moment to take a call before we get to Grody? Okay, let's let's do it. Let's go downtown. Let's talk to Jim on the score. Hi, Jim. Oh, hi, hi, Chris. I just wanted to say that uh, I'm very excited about the offensive side of the ball because we've only seen 10 games with the full lineup. I love Roberts and the tool. I think that's a real luxury to be able to bat an all-star like that in the second in the second thing. And I, I hope we get 10 games, 10 full games before the playoffs with the lineup, with the full lineup, so they get 
used to uh, moving the ball around on the offensive side. And you have a great afternoon, and thank you for taking my call. Hey, Jim, you have a great afternoon, too. Happy opening day for you. Bears opening day to you and everybody listening. Yeah, I, I don't know if I need them to be 10 games with a full lineup. Give me a few. Give me a few. And, and honestly, I don't even know if it matters that much. Just get me everybody healthy at the start of the postseason, even if that means we don't see the regular lineup until game one of the American League Division Series. It's time to talk Bears. We're going to do that next. Mark Grody will be joining us. I'm Chris Ranji on Hit and Run with a Bears twist on the score. How about them Bears? Ron, is there anything else that you think they need or could use? More Mark Grody. Do we have him now, Brandon? Shortly. Yeah, we're going to get him shortly. Okay. Grody's going to be with us. He is the Bears sideline reporter for WBBM 780. Uh, the pregame show is going to be here on the score, as you know, with Molly Olin and Pat Manley, brought to you by Bet Rivers, official sports book of the Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. Then the Molly and Manley post-game show sponsored by MailMedChicago.com where a full head of hair scores every time. This dude scores more than every time, if that's possible. He scores 101% of the time. It's Mark Grody. Uh, you could follow him on Twitter at Mark Grody Sports. And he is visiting with us now. And Grody, uh, here's a question from a listener to the text line. The Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin uh, text zone, save time, shop online, RosenHyundai.com. Grody, here's here's what the texter wants to know. Oh, okay. Um, what is the longest you have gone without being heard on the score in the last five years? I'm setting the over under at 36 hours, and I think it is, I think it's way under. Uh, yeah, well, I did go to, I did take vacay recently where i went and to... you called in every day which is odd the, the entire time <laughs> <laughs> the last time i'd gotten out of town was for london and i did call every day because i was required to because you know the bears were playing the raiders in london but yeah i guess probably about three days worth i i gotta be honest with you chris sometimes i get sick of myself i'm like oh god i'm on again this is terrible so and, yeah, you know and the, and the thing about you is you can't ever get away from you no, I can't. There's nothing I, I've tried. I've tried to like walk around the city, you know, putting my hands over my heads and just screaming, but that gets a little bit weird too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I've Chris, let me bring that. this. Uh, I could bring this full circle uh, for you if you'd like sure. for this show that you're doing. You're doing the hit and run show, and I've always yeah. been a fan of hit and run. Honest, and not just saying that. And uh, as I'm just about to come on the radio with you, I got a text message from none other than Ryan Sandberg, who played baseball, oh, saying, "Look at you!" Yeah, saying, "Happy opening day." So how about the, how about nice baseball, guy. right? Baseball and football coming together. And it, there's the he put the little thumbs up sign, and then there's a rhinoceros next to it. So I think he meant to put a bear. But there is a rhino. <laughs> oh no! Wait, wait a minute! I'm an idiot. He put that what? because he's rhino. He's rhino. I just figured you it out. You are. Oh my god. 
And you had, <laughs> and oh, you had me thinking. You had me thinking. The, why, why is there? Oh, Rhino. Yeah. I'm oh, I get it. Oh, it, my God. I hate I just, you so much. Yeah, I just figured it out. So, Rhino, if you're listening, <laughs> you are fantastic, and I'm an idiot. Oh, God. So does that make me an idiot because you had me following you on that? Kind of. But no, but I'm John, you know this about me, Chris. I'm a pretty persuasive, accurate person. So yeah. like when I say something, people, I, it's generally truth. So it's really my confidence that <laughs> that overwhelmed you. It's because you know what? It's because you said rhinoceros. Okay, hold on. Like now I have the, okay. I have an addition to the text now. <laughs> Ryan Sandberg texting me LOL in large blocks. So. Rhino, you're the best, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Grody, you are such an idiot. I and know. You, yeah, to ap- apologize. Sorry, Rhino. I. He said rhinoceros. R- yeah, Ryan, he, Ryan, why I, I would he... even question a Hall of Famer <laughs> who I grew up watching and loving and then did post games with, the fact that I would question him, little old me, overexposed yeah. Grody, you know, there I am again. See, this is this is what happens when you're on the radio too much. You're prone to making mistakes and showing oh. who you really are. So there. The sample size, man. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's I'll just go back to say you switched the sample. See, now, now I've got the audience back. Now I got them back. Do your tricks, Grody. Do your tricks. Juggle for the people. You find this man. Hello again, everybody. (laughs) Oh, God. Man, am I glad I called you. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan Sandberg. Yes. (laughs) Why did he put a rhinoceros? Yeah, yeah, look at me. I think he meant to put a bear. Oh, wait. (laughs) Wait a minute. He's Ryan Sandberg. Little known fact about Ryan Sandberg. Early in his career, his nickname was Sandy. Sandy. And okay. then when he got to the Cubs, yeah. he became Rhino. So just to just – and that is fact. I just want to get back on track. He, he was Sandy, oh. and then he became a Rhino. Uh, are, you, are you sure it's not Big Bear or something? <laughs> <laughs> the Big Bear, the, bi- the Big Rhino. He's thumbs up Rhino. <laughs> hey, uh, what will a successful Bears season look like to you? I think to them it's got to be – so the Bears were 8-8 eight and eight the, the last two years – it's got to be better than that. I mean, it's been mediocre for two years. They made the playoffs last year, but it sure didn't feel like a playoff team. I sometimes forget that they made the postseason. It was an odd year. It's been an odd two years, and I say that relative to the dominance that the Bears' defense and that team had in 2018, only to go down in a doink at the end of the year. So it's it's got to be it's got to be it's got to be over 500. And I would not pick them like if I'm picking for the Bears. I have not seen a lot of evidence to suggest in watching just about every practice and obviously the preseason games that they are better than an 8-8 eight and eight team. And obviously with 17 games, that record is going to change. So you could look at it optimistically as, and I guess I have when forced to, that they look like a 9-8 and eight team to me. And I'll say that because I think that there are guys on the Bears defense that will get back on track this year, unlike the last couple of years, uh, namely... Eddie Jackson, 
who seems like he is determined to get back to being what he was and more earnest in his desire to actually tackle guys and admitting that he had a bad season last year. So I think just just with the defense getting a little bit straightened up, I'll give them a game over 500. Well, there's another Eddie that I'm worried about, um, and maybe you have a little bit more insight on Eddie Goldman and just how injured he actually is. And if this is a just a week one thing, or is the knee a week two and then maybe week three and then beyond that kind of thing? I think it's going to be something that we're going to be monitoring with him like all year. I just have that feeling. I don't know because we've gotten such little information on that. We haven't spoken to Eddie Goldman. You know, we were supposed to a couple of times, but now I suppose we know why. You know, Ed, when we got the news and Matt Nagy was able to talk about it with us, he called it, he referred to it as day-to-day, but then he showed up as doubtful on the injury report. And once a guy's doubtful at the end of the week, you pretty much know he's not going to play. So I, I need more information. But just considering the way this whole year has gone for Eddie Goldman from missing – the you know mandatory minicamp obviously missing the OTAs sitting out last year which you know none of us can complain about he did what he did and that's okay but it all adds up to wondering what's what's going on with Eddie Goldman how how hurt is he where is his head at this point in terms of desire and all of that kind of thing so I just have, considering what has happened from the beginning of OTAs to mandatory minicamp, even in training camp where he has, he's looked fine when he's in there, but he just hasn't been in there a whole lot. So I, I am a little bit skeptical and wondering if this is something that we're going to be talking about throughout the year with Eddie Goldman. All right. I have to ask this question because I've gotten it on the text line uh, 47 times today. Okay. Uh, the, peop- the people are teased. They feel like Justin Fields is going to get some action today, whether it's a special package or whatever. Is that going to happen? It would seem to make sense. The, i got to tell you, the closer we get to, to game time, I'm thinking that it won't happen. And here's why. I just... Like, and I know that we have discussed this obsessively, the offensive line, and justifiably so. If Andy Dalton gets in there and he's not able to manage that offensive line and there are breakdowns on it because just because you have two guys essentially getting in shape, you know, not just Jason Peters, but Jermaine Effetti, for that matter, who had his camp truncated due to injury as well. And he is, you know, he, he played well for six games at right tackle last year, but the, the whole body of work says that he is eh at that position. So... The closer we get, the more I worry about the possibilities of Justin Fields getting in because if Andy Dalton isn't able to manage it, I don't know why one would think that Justin Fields can. However, before this, I, if anybody asked, I would say, yeah, there probably is a package of plays for Justin Fields, and it's a matter of whether or not it's logical or it seems like they're not going to force it. There's not, I'd be shocked if there was anything scripted at all from Matt Nagy as far as Justin. If, if the situation sets itself up perfectly, then Justin Fields will come in. I remember listening to, to Dave Wanstead on Parkinson Spiegel. 
he, he thinks absolutely 100% he's going to come in. And he even kind of said there's no way Justin Fields is just running scout team in practice. And I thought that was really interesting. In the practice that we get to see or the portion that we get to see, we have no idea how much Justin Fields is, is doing because of the, the viewing session is very short. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I got mixed feelings on it tonight. But I think there, there are p- packages in place. All right, Mark Grody, appreciate your time. A texter um, has informed me that Sandberg's nickname is actually Sack Machine. So uh, you were way off. Sack Machine? What is it? You think he's Khalil Mack now? No, they're making fun of you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I, I, I don't get, you got to come at me a little better than that. I mean, I deserve to be made fun of and jokes should be lobbed at me and they should all be dumb person jokes, but yeah, you, y'all got to do a whole lot better than that. In the words of Lawrence Taylor, uh, <laughs> you're uh, keep them coming, Cody, Chris. Yes. You're going to have to do a lot better. <laughs> do your job a lot better. Touche. My friend, have a great day. Hey, thanks, man. Bears. Bears. That's Mark Grody. <laughs> what a gem that guy is. I love him so much. All right. I want to thank Grody, uh, Ryan McGuffey, Hub Arkish, and Mike Farron of MLB Network Radio, and mostly Brandon Fryer for doing the show today, producing the program, doing a great job, and putting up with me. And thank you, listening, calling, texting. Don't forget um, uh, CBS Sports Radio coming up next. They're going to go around the NFL. Games are kicking off here shortly. And then we've got the Bears pregame show after Cubs baseball. Cubs baseball 120. And then the Bears pregame show with Molly Olin and Manley brought to you by Bet Rivers official sportsbook of the Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. I'm Chris Ranji. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'll be with Layla on Thursday. So talk to you then. You're listening to The Score. What about thanks? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 